It's our good buddy James Herbert, CBS Sports, NBA writer at Outside the NBA, and he checks in to Toronto today. What's going on, James? How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. Uh, It's great to have you. How close are the Raptors right now to being a contender? Probably de- depends how you define contender, right? Okay, I mean, let me let me right cut now, you off. Let me cut you off there, James. I'm okay. defining a contender, a top two team in your respective conference. Oh, then they're there. I mean, they have the best player in the conference if Kawhi Leonard is himself and healthy, right? I, I think most people right now have them sort of neck and neck uh, in Boston. I think the perspective outside of Toronto, most people kind of have Boston. Number one, inside of Toronto, there might be more confidence that they're number one. I, they're, they're sort of 1A and 1B to me. I, I, I'd put the Raptors ahead of the Sixers um, based on the Sixers having kind of an uninspiring summer. You look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, I don't know who, who else you want to get excited about. Maybe uh, the Milwaukee Bucks with, with uh, Mike Budenholzer coming in and coaching Giannis uh, can, can lead that team to take a leap. But I think pretty clearly right now, uh, when you're talking about finals contenders in the East, you're, you're talking about the the Raptors and the Celtics, and then it's kind of the Sixers are on the bubble, and then it's everybody else. Okay, so the Raptors, if Kawhi's healthy, and we all presume he will be, well, at least I think we should, if he's at USA Basketball Camp this week, then let the good times roll. But there's always (laughs) fine-tuning, making sure you have the right balance, you're ticking all the boxes with your roster. Do the Raptors come up short in any area when you look at the team right now as composed? I almost like I sort of want to withhold judging them too much until I see them play. But on paper, uh, they're a really well-rounded, really deep, really balanced team. I think uh, even they were last year too. But the the defense obviously fell off a cliff in the playoffs, and I think they're much better constructed on that end going into the season. It's not just that they added one of the best defenders in the history of the game in Kawhi Leonard. It's that uh, Danny Green gives them even more versatility on that and maybe uh, losing DeMar DeRozan is a little bit of addition by subtraction defensively and offensively. Obviously, Kawhi could do everything that DeMar can do, plus he can space the floor. So uh, I, I don't think there's any areas of like huge weakness on this team. I think we still have to see uh, exactly how they'll look different with this new roster and with Nick Nurse in charge. Uh, I would say if there's any sort of area that I would imagine might be sort of changed in a trade or if they want to clear up any log damage, that they still have Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka, these yes. two guys who were both best playing five That from the day that Ibaka was acquired. We were talking about, oh, maybe Jonas's days are numbered in Toronto, and they're still here sharing the front court. I don't know how many minutes Nurse is going to want to play a traditional two-big lineup with this team, but as presently constructed, even with Pirtle out the door, uh, you have to assume it'll be a significant amount of time every game. Right. So how best to resolve that front court situation? That's kind of what I'm looking at right now because yeah. you're right. If you want Abaka playing more of the five and you hope that he plays better than he did at the end of last year, then what does that mean for JV or vice versa? Like, Does something need to give or could one of those players be best served coming off the bench? I mean, I think for the good of the team, it might be best to have one of them coming off the bench most nights uh, unless you're going up against a team where you want to match up with them, where they have some big bruising center in the middle. But there aren't that many of those anymore. And I, I think the one thing, like, we don't know that Nick Nurse is going to be married to one starting lineup every night. Like, he could change it up based on who the matchups are. We already know he's a creative guy. He's going to experiment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the tough part about it is, like, I don't know if you're asking me who should come off the bench. I, I'm not sure which one it should be. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas has made a lot of strides. Uh, last season, he started shooting more threes. He, he, you saw him take um, big strides as a passer, 
even as a ball handler, like you saw him driving from the top of the key straight to the basket in, in the new Raptors offense, you saw Serge Ibaka do some of the same stuff. Um, but it's just, it, it's hard to evaluate exactly um, how these guys are going to perform next year. Serge Ibaka, at times over the course of his Raptors career, has looked great. I mean, he saved them a couple of years ago in that Milwaukee series. Like He, he was really big. In last year's playoffs, I don't know what happened. Uh, he didn't know what happened. He didn't know how to explain uh, how poorly he played. And uh, is that aging? Is that his game declining? Or is it just uh, inconsistency in a bad few weeks there? I don't know. I feel like Ibaka still has the higher ceiling uh, as a guy that can really protect the rim super well and can stretch the floor to the three-point line. Uh, but, I mean, you really have to respect the strides that Valanciunas made in his game last year, plus he's younger. James Herbert joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels at Outside the NBA. I, I have no problem saying I prefer JV. Uh, I mean, he's mm-hmm. shown that he's willing to at least try to adapt, to evolve. He started hitting random three-point shots. He's a guy that can provide a shot-blocking presence, not just the help-defending type shot-blocking presence that Serge Ibaka does. Uh, JV hits free throws at the end of games. I just think that overall, he was more of an asset to this team, and Ibaka oftentimes became invisible and became a liability. The problem is, I don't think you can get out from Ibaka's contract anyway. So I think that you're yeah. almost more kind of saddled with Ibaka right now, and you hold your breath, you keep your fingers crossed, and hope that Serge Ibaka from yesteryear somehow, some way shows up. Yeah, that that might be the way to go. I mean, the, the ideal version of Ibaka, a guy that can switch on to smaller players uh, in in a scheme where, like, I mean, the Raptors can play these lineups now uh, where you, you have the, the smallest player on the floor being the six five. DeLon Wright and the tallest could be Pascal Siakam at the five. But you can also use Ibaka at the five, and you can have every single player on the court switching. You can play that really modern style of basketball that a lot of a lot of teams are trying to do, but not every team has the personnel for. I don't know that JV can do that. But the thing is with Surge is you just you haven't necessarily known what you're going to get uh, from night to night. So I mean, from the Raptors' perspective, you're right. Like it might just be. They hope he has a really good summer. They hope he comes in and has a really good training camp, is excited to play uh, with these new players, his new coach, and he has um, a sort of a bounce-back season. But uh, I totally get where you're coming from with JV. He's not quite as versatile, uh, but maybe he's more consistent and reliable. A, a couple other directions I want to go with this, James. It's quite clear that Masai Ujiri in this organization, it's not just about winning anymore, and I mean a, a playoff series or regular season games. It's about the pursuit of a championship. And that's why I don't. I think everything's on the table with this group. Could there be another bigger picture play that no one's expecting that this team could maybe kind of try to pull off in order to make this already very impressive team even that much better? I think Masai Ujiri will be open to absolutely everything. Yeah. And I think you, you've already seen that. I think that's the statement that he made with the trade that he just made and in the comments that he made afterward, right? Like, he, I think, like a lot of people who have been following this team for a long time, was disillusioned uh, with this roster after what happened against the Cavs in the playoffs. I, I personally, I fully bought in again um, to what the Raptors did with their 59-win regular season with the the revamped offense with the more switching on defense. I thought this was the time. The Cavs looked super vulnerable. They weren't a very good team. Um, and then they got swept. And I think 
that was not what the Raptors organization was expecting. That was not what Masai Ujiri, Ujiri was expecting. And you saw with the Kawhi Leonard trade that the standards are higher. He's trying to raise the bar. He's saying that is not good enough. They can't just keep sort of trying to break through this wall and failing. So um, th- th- there was there was obviously, um, you've been talking about it probably um, for the last week, the sentimentality attached to DeMar DeRozan, the very mixed reaction to the trade, but I think Masai has shown that he's not going to be sentimental about that group whatsoever. So if there's a trade that makes sense for JB, if there's a trade that makes sense for Serge Ibaka, hell, if there's a trade that makes sense for Kyle Lowry that we're not talking about, that comes out of nowhere, that he thinks is going to set the Raptors up for a better future, then I think he does it. Right. Um, on, on top of that, the other player that I have some question marks about was C.J. Miles. Uh, had problems last year, mostly off the court, had a dental problem, uh, welcomed in a new child to the world. There was a lot of outside distractions, dealt with some little injuries as well, and his yeah. overall performance was inconsistent. Is there more from CJ? I mean, I look at him and Danny Miles, both 31 years of age. Both are supposed to give you that three-point threat, and on paper, mm-hmm. if both of them are ticking over, then you're good. But Danny Green's also coming off a down year as well. So those are two players with potential. You think that they're going to help, but they're not a slam dunk, neither one of them right now. Yeah, I think you asked CJ, he will tell you that, that he thinks he can be better than he was last year. He just had a recent tweet the other day saying exactly what you just said about off-court issues that people don't know about uh, that, that affected his season. So, yeah, I, I think, look, th- these these guys have historically been two of the best sort of 3 and D players in basketball. I think Danny Green's uh, shooting has dropped off a little bit over the past few years, but you still have to respect him when he's out there, and he's still one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. He can guard three positions. C.J. Miles, not quite the defender, that Danny Green is, but you have to guard him out to like 30 feet. Like, that's the one thing that I think C.J. Miles did bring to the Raptors last year is he really helped their spacing. They would play him in some lineups with the second unit where there weren't really a lot of other three-point threats on the court, but just his presence opened it up for other guys to run pick and roll and actually have some space to work with. So I don't think he was all that bad last year. Probably a little bit disappointing on defense, but offensively, um, he still, you know, he doesn't even need to have the ball. Uh, to have an effect on the game. So I, I think when you play those two guys together, that adds a whole different element where the spacing will just be much better than we've seen, honestly, over the past few years with the Raptors because you've spent so many minutes with DeMar DeRozan on the court, often sharing the floor with Valanciunas, maybe sharing the floor with an additional big man, and the, the court just gets gummed up. And I think sure. they made some progress uh, in working with that and fixing that last season with the new offense. But I think all year long, even when we were talking about the offense, we were saying, I don't really have the ideal personnel for this. Now, I think they're much closer to that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, if I was to put a gun to your head, which I won't, I would never do that, James. Do you think that the <laughs> Raptors go on and make another move? At least a notable move? Uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not expecting it either. I think they're, they're probably uh, pretty content with what the roster looks like right now heading into this season. Right. Uh, if something else comes up then sure, I think Masai will, will be opportunistic. But um, as of now, I think I, I'd more expect um, sort of tweaks to be made, minor ones. Maybe you see a bigger move when you're approaching the trade deadline and the Raptors are really 
looking to establish themselves, looking to gain an edge over the Bostons and Phillies of the world. Um, but as of right now, I mean, I, I think the roster will pretty much look like it does when we head into training. Yeah, camp. I think they have like a five point three million dollar exemption, exemption, but I, I, I'm, I'm not completely up on that sort of thing. But I know there is some flexibility to do something. I just wonder how anxious they will be because I think this team's close, James. I think they're knocking right on the door. It's already going to be compelling, and I think if they make that one more move, then boy, oh boy, they're going to be a team that no one's going to want to play against in the Eastern Conference, if they're not already. Yeah, I mean, this is the best roster they've ever had, and, and we've right. said that for a couple of years running now, but like yes. this truly is the first time. Like They're going to head into uh, their first-round playoff series, and they're going to be like, oh, we have the best player on the court. They're going to head into the second-round playoff series. They're going to say, oh, we have the best player on the court. They haven't been able to say that in years past. That is what Kawhi Leonard does to this franchise. That's how he transforms this team. Now, this is all assuming that he's healthy and he's back to himself, and we don't quite know that yet, but if we assume that they get the Kawhi Leonard from two years ago, then yeah, I mean, this is a special time for the organization. They can still tweak things. They have like three high-quality point guards on the roster. That's a little weird. They have two traditional bigs in the starting lineup. That's a little weird, um, but I think they are constructed really well. They were a 59-win team last year, and I think they're pretty clearly improved. Awesome stuff. Uh, great perspective, James. Great to catch up. Thanks for doing this, pal. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. James Herbert, CBS Sports NBA writer at Outside the NBA, breaking down the Raptors and their the new-look squad after the blockbuster deal that was made last weekend.